0: Welcome to the Life in the Red podcast presented by the Lincoln Journal Star, your source for Husker news, analysis, and more. From football in the fall to recruiting in the summer, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Bassinet, Parker Gabriel, and Stephen M. Sippel.
1: Three,
2: two, one.
1: Welcome in Life in the Red podcast. I'm Chris, there's Steve, there's Parker. It is 2.26 p.m. here on Friday, January 28th, 2022. We're almost one month into the new year. Plenty to talk about. Uh, well, depending on your point of view, I guess we're going to talk some hoops. There may not be a whole lot to talk about there, considering the record. We'll talk a little football, uh, kind of where the program sits now, as we kind of near the second signing day next week, and and get within a month or so of spring ball here. And we'll also touch on um, we'll also touch on baseball. Uh, the baseball team uh, opened practice today. I'm going to mute my notifications on my Slack right now because they're beeping at me. It's it's loud. What's going so, on on Slack? People are just slacking, <laughs> slacking around.
0: <laughs> slacking. Typical like journal star slacking.
1: Typical
2: simple, simple journal star slacking. <laughs> what are you doing, right? What's going on at Simple's house right now? Uh, it's it's slacking. I mean, slacking. It's just, being a sports, just being a sports writer. Yeah, simple, how you. many times
0: have you looked at the Lincoln Journal star Slack channel? Simple, <laughs> do you have Slack even downloaded on your do you know what? Do you know what Slack is? Um. Yeah, I think I saw
2: it once And I decided I wasn't gonna part-
0: <laughs> This doesn't look like me I think I'm just going <laughs> to jet out of here I hear that
1: They have like the Slack commercial on TV now And every time I hear the sound like, I like have a reaction to it Like it's not good It's not really? a healthy situation
0: I like yeah. look back toward where our off, like home office I'm like, oh no, never mind That was a commercial exactly. <laughs> Hey, I got a question Could you, Hey Bass, can you do the Slack
2: sound for us? Uh, no, hard to not do. really.
1: No, it's hard to do. It's, it's, it's a very mechanical computery sound. It's kind like of like
2: a, like wow. it's kind of like
0: a, it's almost like, okay, a, that like was
2: a, good. A, that was good. Do that again. Yeah, right. it's, it's not bad. It's not <laughs> that bad. was, that was good. So the guy who's never heard a Slack notification in his life. <laughs> but if, <laughs> now I know sort of what it, if I yeah. ever decide to partake.
0: There you go. You'll, you'll be like, Oh, I bet that was this. I bet that was Slack. Yeah. Oh, that was Slack. <laughs> all right. It's the off season. Right. Can you tell? Except for poops. Did yeah. you guys? Did
2: you send any Slack messages to to, to the newsroom today? I've, today? No, I
1: have sent new messages before. Have you? Yeah, I've exchanged Slack messages with Parker and our our young Nathan Nathan Head. Yeah. Um, Spark in, with Victoria with young Sparky. All
2: right. So, all well, right. Maybe I'll get. That could be something I do late in life.
1: Late in life. Well,
2: you're already late in life, aren't you? Yeah. Like you're kind I of in the
1: sunset know. years. The sun's yeah. setting a little bit. The shadows oh, are sick.
2: getting long. Yeah. The- <laughs> yeah. The naps are getting longer.
1: <laughs> the naps are getting longer. May not wake up from one of them. Until one, so one
0: day it's just a really long one. Yeah, it's just a really long one. Uh mercifully, it would. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's move <laughs> on. on. Let's move yeah. on. It's getting uh, On a brighter note, let's talk <laughs> about Nebraska. Yeah. On something happier, let's talk about <laughs> Nebraska
1: basketball. Yeah. Uh, dropped to 6-14 and 14 last night, 0-9 in the Big Ten after the 73-65 loss to Wisconsin. Wisconsin came in, playing on the road in the Big Ten, didn't play very good. Leading scorer had zero points at halftime, and Wisconsin was pretty comfortably ahead most of the way after the first 5-10 minutes or so. Um, led by as many as 18 in the second half. Nebraska kind of closed the gap there over the last bit of the second half to make it a little more respectable. But another loss, 12th in their last 13 games. The only win in that stretch is over Kennesaw State at home. Nebraska's 0 13 against power conference opponents this season. It's uh, it's grim. It is it is grim. Uh, Rutgers comes to town Saturday, then you got a road trip to Michigan, then a couple more home games. Uh, after that, um, Northwestern, Minnesota, two games that are, I would say, winnable. Uh, if, if you want to, if you want to look at winnable games, so Sip, you kind of wrote it last night. This in this stretch for these next five at home, this is where Nebraska needs to show a little bit of progress. And you know, from what we saw last night, didn't see a lot of progress. Now they're coming off the COVID pause, hadn't played in ten days, playing at four p.m., pretty flat atmosphere, which is understandable considering the team's record and the time of day. That game was played out on a Thursday, but this this five game stretch kind of up to off to a, a rough start and, and a pretty key stretch
2: for Nebraska if they want to try and and, and build any kind of momentum here over the second half of the Big Ten. Yeah, I this is these five games, including Wisconsin, is this is the easiest stretch of schedule you can find. And and partially because there's four home games in it. Now, I, I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know that I would call it key. I don't, I don't, because I don't know where Trev Alberts is in his, in, in the way he's sizing all this up. But yeah, Baz, I, I, you said it pretty well, I think. If they're going to build momentum, this is the time to do it. Um, and you could do it. I think they, you know, again, Rutgers on Saturday, Rutgers is, is 107th, or they were 107th to begin the week in the net rankings um, at Michigan. Now, Michigan's, Beating you by thirty-five. Michigan's um, playing a little better. That's going to be a tough playing game. Playing a little better, and they're thirty-eighth in the net. Yeah. Then you have Northwestern and Minnesota in Lincoln. Northwestern was eighty-first in the net. Minnesota 79th. And And you know, and I, let's just be re- very real. If I'm Trev Alberts, I'm looking at that and saying, if you can't beat Northwestern and Minnesota on your home floor right now, then and and, and if those if those are then the what would they be the ninth 10th 11th 12th straight losses in the big 10 then what are we doing at that point you're sort of and you're trying to tell the rest of your coach coaches that we're emphasizing the the competitive part of this all this we're trying to perform at an elite level every decision you make I want I want it to be elite but meanwhile the basketball team's 0 13 in the big 10 and can't win those games on their home floor I the message would be it wouldn't it wouldn't jibe. So yeah, you're no. getting, it's getting awkward is, I guess, what's, what I'm talking I agree. About. I
1: agree. Um, I'll throw Rutgers in there, too. We're to to beat Rutgers by 20 last year in Lincoln. The Rutgers went to, the, went to NCAA tournament. You know, so this isn't – let's not just throw that game out, even though Rutgers blew them out a couple weeks ago. But, yeah, you're right. It's awkward. It's weird. And, and last night was weird. It was a weird vibe, I thought, in PBA, and part of that was just, again, the weird time of day. But it's getting to that point now, um, you know – I'm very curious to see what uh, a Saturday noon tip against Northwestern looks like, or uh, yeah, next set, a Saturday noon tip against Wisconsin next week or Northwestern next week, an p.m. home tip against Minnesota. You know, it's, there's a games you can win, but what are those crowds going to look like? And we look, we've seen this before. We saw it late in the Tim miles era where it was just kind of, everybody's waiting for the next bad thing to happen. It feels it feels a lot like that to me, maybe not quite to that point fully yet, but it feels pretty similar. And it's, I mean, there's, they just need something good to happen at this point and and—and nothing good has happened. They got Trey McGowan's back and they're 0-2 since he came back. And, you know, uh, it, I just, it's, it's tough to see a way out of this that ends positively for Nebraska basketball this season, as far as wins and losses, because, even even Northwestern, they're not great. They're good enough that it's going to be tough to beat them. Minnesota is not great, but they're good enough, you know, and, and everybody else are going to play down the stretch here. There, there's nothing easy. And you're, and we've talked about this before. Nobody wants to be the team that loses to Nebraska. Nobody wants to be that first team in the Big Ten that loses to Nebraska, whether you're competing for an NCAA tournament spot or not, whatever. You don't want to be that team that's the first one that, that Nebraska beats. So, look, they're in a tough spot. They're up against it, and it's it's tough to watch. It's tough to watch loss after loss, and the same things happen over and over and over in those losses. And Sip, you saw it last night, the poor shot selection at times. The When Wisconsin got on a run, Nebraska got quick on offense. There wasn't a lot of ball movement. It's the same stuff we've seen over and over and over. They got killed on the glass again. The, you saw offensive rebounds leading to wide-open threes, especially early on, and, and it's just – it's they're losing. Yes, but they're losing in the exact same ways over and over and over again. It's just, it's not looked, it's not a good picture right now for
2: Nebraska. I'm not sure what Fred can do. That's the, I mean, that's kind of the the point I was trying to get to. Yes. You're not, I just don't know. I mean, people say, well, let's have a productive discussion. What can Fred change? I I don't, he he tried to run the offense more through Derek Walker. Now, Pat Baz, my read on that was the big 10 adjusted pretty fast to that.
1: Yeah. They've Um, shot it. They've shot it better percentage-wise since doing that, but it takes more to shoot a good percentage.
0: Um, they also they, get away from it sometimes in games. Like like early in the game yesterday, you know, they hit some shots from the outside, and then it's like – then it just goes right back to that. Like yes. play on the peri- – and then you go into a long scoring draw, it's like, oh, shoot, yeah, we should go back to playing through Walker. And then they, you know – Yeah. They the, had a stretch. The, yeah, go ahead and go, go, go.
1: They had an 18-minute – an 18-minute stretch, half a game last night. Uh, like this, the last half of the first half, the first part of the second half, where they went four for 28 from the field. I mean, and and how many of those sip did we watch where it was dribbled down one pass, dribble down, no pass, chuck something up after you dribbled around a lot and, and go back and have to play defense. I mean, it just, we've seen it every game. And that's, and that's where it got away from Nebraska. And, you know, Fred said it after the game and, and look, these these press conferences are tough because you have to try to explain these things, but Fred said, well, if you get rid of that stretch, then we're right in the game. So, and I'm going, so if you get rid of half the game, you're right in the game, basically. Right. You know, and and I'm not trying to make fun of Fred or anything. I mean, press, you say he's really
2: professional. He's really professional. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, but I mean, that's, that's what it is right now. It's, they just, they cannot get out of their own way, even though they know what the problems are. They recognize what the problems are. They cannot, for whatever reason, get out of their own way and, and make this thing work for 40 minutes and give themselves a better chance.
2: Yeah. The COVID, you know, he, he, Fred, we talked about the COVID thing that I always resist that conversation. It's really easy. I mean, you can really just go right to the Nebraska women who missed a week with COVID and came back last night and, and weren't perfect. I thought they won by 33, uh, they beat Wisconsin. Well, we also probably played the worst team in the conference last That's night. true. That's true. That makes a difference. Um, but I, anyway. Problem yeah. is, Nebraska is the worst team in the conference yeah. on the mid side. Yeah. So
0: there's no one to right. get was, right
2: <laughs> Wisconsin, Wisconsin was interesting to me there. You know, I always take, I, I kind of, I always, I always a little bit leery of Fred's style because it's so reliant on the three. Wisconsin is an example of a team that they, they 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 tried to pound it inside, shot terribly from inside the paint, inside the arc, but but they do have the versatility where they in a situation like that they have a guy like Brad Davison um and and a couple other shooters that can that, that takes care of the problem. Nebraska doesn't doesn't have that. Here's Wisconsin is a, Go ahead, go go go. No, ahead. go ahead,
1: sip. Keep going. Let me I was going to say, run.
2: Wisconsin's a team that if they're if they're not hitting the three pointer, they can pound it inside. Yes, and that's what that's why I always try to relate to people is the, that's why I'm uncomfortable with Fred's kind of the way he approaches things. Um, Michigan will be that way if they're if they're not hitting outside, they can. They, there's a seven footer to pound it into who's good. Nebraska doesn't really have that option. Here's a stat for you from the game last night. I think
1: Wisconsin in the first half of that game was four for 24 on two-point shots. Think about how bad that is it's terrible. For, a, yeah. for a big 10 team. And and for the game, they were, they were one for 22 on mid-range jumpers, like long twos. basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just, I mean, pitif- pitiful, numbers. pitiful. And they were never really challenged in that game. Think about that. Cause, cause like you said, they have, an experienced guy and Brad Davison, who's done it before against Nebraska. They've got a really solid point guard in Chucky, and we don't need to belabor that point anymore. Uh, the fact that, he's, <laughs> that he grew up right down the road, but first possession of the game, what happens? Wisconsin is in a scramble situation. Chucky gets the ball and buries the three right in Alonzo Verge's face. You know, I mean, kind of tells know. you where, where it's at. I right know, now. I know. You know, so it. you're right, Wisconsin has – an identity. Wisconsin's like it reminds me they're really good teams. Um, and Parker could probably speak to this better than I can. But it reminds me they're really good teams where it's it's your typical Wisconsin, but they've got a star uh, in Johnny Davis, and he just changes their whole dynamic. He wasn't great last night. But you Still have to pay attention to him. And, and you know, Nebraska had to do that. That left Brad Davison open quite a bit. Brad Davidson hits five threes in the first half, and they're off and running. So it's it that's a really really good Wisconsin team. Let's give them some they are. credit. Yeah, simple uh, made a good
0: point when I was talking to simple last night. He made a good point, which is that at the end of the day, like Wisconsin this year, they're good defensively. They're not elite. Ken Palm's got them ranked like in the around 35th or something like that in the country defensively. But they they crashed a glass and they play defense. And those are two things that are really extremely – those are controllables, right? Like that's – you can be – now you can't just roll out of bed with a bunch of six foot guys in the big 10 and be a good rebounding team. But a lot of it's about effort, you know, Yeah, and, and it so is playing defense. And so they, you know, simple said to me last night, I said, well, they rebound hard and they play defense. And if you do that, there's like a baseline level that you're going to be at. Now there's been, I mean, everybody's got nights where they play bad, you know, and they've looked the Wisconsin team. Like they're good, but they needed overtime to be like, Illinois state after Christmas or something like that. Like it's certainly not infallible, but it just, there's a consistent consistency level in the program. And it's in a lot of big 10 teams because they have multiple things that they do really well. Yeah. And the thing that they have multiple tools that they can go to in their toolbox on any given night. And sometimes all of them fail and you look like crap and that's just the way it goes. But like Nebraska is sort of like, to, to overgeneralize it, it's like they thought they were going to be a good shooting team, but they're not, so they're bad. So what? Yeah. 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 Then what? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. like there, there was no recourse once they – it the, the amount of time. And it was from Western Illinois on early in the season. Yeah. You're like, well, 29 games left, 30 games left. They'll get it going. But when they didn't, there was no second act for this team. There was no like, well, they don't shoot it well, but – that we'll maybe do this. They can win some games because of this, this, and this. No, it's just like the one thing fell, and that was it. Yeah. Guard, Baz, you heard Greg guard.
2: Parker, if you listen to the post game, Greg guard, what did he say, Baz? He said, I asked him, How, How'd you feel about the way your team plays? He said, we only played well in spurts. Yeah, I played well in spurts. Yeah. And he said, We played well in spurts. And he said, I thought it was going to be a race to 100, but here's what he said that was interesting to me. He said, What got us on track? Was we brought some guys off the bench who put who got our defense set, got our, we put start playing good defense. Yeah. That's not a tool Nebraska has in its tool bag. No. You'll never hear Fred Hoiberg say we went to the bench and then we turned up the defense. Not you just that's not really a tool for Nebraska, yeah. You don't really yeah, need you know? it, and it never
1: has been. And, and not not that we expected it to be under Fred Hoiberg, but you got to play some semblance of defense at some point, you know, they do and sometimes, you gotta, and you've got to do sometimes. I mean, they can turn teams over and they can get teams late into the shot clock, but part of defense yep. is rebounding. You know, part part of defense is stopping the possession and getting the ball back. You know, God, and that's a
2: great point. Yeah,
1: I thought that was something Bryce McGowan said last night that I thought was interesting. You know, they, they play good defense a lot of times, and it's almost like they seem happy that they got the shot forced, that they just don't, don't get the rebound, you know, and we can talk about size and this and that. Western Illinois had a six-two guard that had nine rebounds against Nebraska. It ain't size, you know. You're
2: it, that's part of
1: it, yes, but it's want to and, and it's want to. It's having some pride in it, and wanting to finish possessions and uh, yeah, like I said, you know, part of playing defense is rebounding. That's a great them. point. Getting yes. a stop means you get a stop. It means you've got
2: the ball and you're going the other way. It doesn't
1: mean they got the offensive rebound and now you got to play defense for
2: thirty. Uh, that's bass. That's a good point that people don't always think about that, but it's that exactly that's, that is the end point. For sure.
0: It's also the the biggest difference. I mean, it's not like Nebraska was good last year, but I think, like, the metrics would say this, and it seems like it when you watch them, too. I mean, it's also the biggest difference between last year's team and this year's team. I mean, neither was particularly good offensively, but they could hang their hat on defense most nights last year. They weren't great, but I think they were top 50 in the country or something like that. They could do enough, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. now they're not. Yeah. It's just –
1: yeah, it's tough to see. It's tough to see answers. And the part of the other part of this is too. Okay, you, you beat Rutgers at home. Great that you got one win in the Big Ten. Maybe and then you know you go on the road lose at Michigan. Everybody expects that. But then you come home. Let's see, you beat Northwestern and Minnesota. You win two in a row. Oh, great! You beat Northwestern and Minnesota. Two of the other teams that are probably going to be in the play-in games on at uh, the Big Ten tournament. So it's almost. You don't even win by winning, if that makes sense. Like, yes, you've gotten wins, but you're also beating the bottom the bottom tier of the Big Ten along with And I understand that you need
2: wins, but I the mean. The players, Baz, I think you're right in the fans' eyes, it won't be a lot. But it, the players need it bad. They do. I mean, they do. The, those, right. those, those, those players need something good right now badly. Yes. And, that, and beating a team from the Big Ten, no matter who it is, would qualify. Um, and maybe, and maybe, like you said, would 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 spark a little something, you know? That's They're also, yeah. oh, go ahead, simple. I was just gonna say, spark a little something that maybe gives your boss something to think about. Yeah. You know, maybe gives the AD
0: something to think about. They're also getting into this danger zone though, where like so many teams in the Big Ten have a lot to play for. Like mm-hmm. every night, that's like the team, like Wisconsin last night. They win. They go. They get back into a tie with Illinois in first place in the big 10, I think they play at Illinois next week sometime. Like there's either teams that are in that or they're like lining up for bubble life. And you know, you can't, and then there's the pride thing where it's like at this point, like nobody wants, I think they're going to get good shots from teams too, like in general, because nobody wants to be the team that loses to Nebraska. It oh, gives them the, their first or only or whatever win. So it's not to say they can't do it. Like, like, yeah, Rutgers and Northwestern and Minnesota, they're all winnable games for sure, you know, and they could get somebody like sort of like we've been saying all year, like if they get hot, they're going to be dangerous and they could knock somebody off. But like, I just don't at this point, like calendar God. hits February and teams are either playing for a championship or, you know, in championship range or they're playing for their tournament hopes and they're just there's not going to be any let up. Right. We Plus need to learn from, you know, we
2: can all learn from this stuff. I mean, it's, it's horrible. If you pass, you always, you know, you're reciting those records and if you let them sink in, they're just awful. But the thing you learn that, you know what my big takeaway is from both Hoyberg situation and frost situation. My, my big takeaway is if you lose at that rate, you're so vulnerable in so many ways. Yeah. You, you, you just become vulnerable. You're what, what am I talking about? Okay. Vulnerable to the media. You can't, take a hard enough swipe at Fred right now. I mean, yeah. it's, and it's sad. I mean, I don't enjoy it. Nobody enjoys it, but you know, Dirk, Dirk Chatlin wrote a column. I'm sure it's really, you know, it's rough, you know, but what can Fred say? What Nothing. could Frost say? What could Frost say this year when we were, when I was taking swipes at him, they yeah. can't say anything and they don't even try because they yeah. can't. The record's the record.
1: Record's the record. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yep.
2: And then, like what Parker's saying, is vulnerability. That's vulnerability. When you (laughs) people don't want to lose to you because they would be embarrassed to do so. That's you're vulnerable. I mean, it it just creates an aura of vulnerability that's hard to deal with. A bad
1: spot to be. Um, Yeah,
2: that's we. You got to try to learn from it. And if I were a coach, I'd be watching it close and think, "Hey, guys." We never want to be in this position. It's because it, it leaves you in some very precarious situations, your job, you're vulnerable in your job. It makes you vulnerable in recruiting. Um, you might try a little too hard to do some, certain things. Um, the media is the media. You got to deal with the damn media. You got to deal with the social media part of it. And there's really not much you can do about it. You yeah. know.
1: It's a. It's interesting when you talk about Fred because think about Fred and, and his last couple of years with the Bulls uh, weren't very good record wise, got fired, you know, 20 games into his last season there, made the playoffs his first or second year and, and didn't, didn't get anywhere after that. Like he's been, he's been dealing with this. on a, He dealt with that on a much larger scale in Chicago and, and certainly a much larger scale than he's facing here, but it just the losing over and over and over and over again, you wonder you know, you talk about confidence with players. Where's Fred's confidence at right now? Yeah. You know, is it, yeah. how shaken is he in what he does? And it's easy, you know. Fred said, sits up there and says the right things because Fred's a Fred's a professional and he's a gentleman and and all those sorts of things. But he sits up there, and I I truly believe that we can make this work. And I truly believe in what I do. But but when he's sitting at home at night in the dark, you know it. it does he truly believe that when he's thinking about it? I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he does. Um, but it's there. It's it's like that old Tim Miles line. It's a crisis of confidence right now for Nebraska. The players are low on it. You have to think the coaches are probably low on it, even though they have to put on the face that they're not. And like you said, the vulnerabilities part of this too is is plays into it. And it's just it's tough. Man, it's 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 tough, and it's tough to see it get any better unless they can find
2: a way, like you said, to, to find a couple wins here the next couple weeks. Yeah, that, you know, you know, if the, if they hit 13 threes tomorrow against Rutgers, that would help. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, it would. Right. But Rutgers well, think, will be a Rutgers will be a bear. They'll be a bear. Yeah. And then
1: look, like we've talked about this. Like they had Ohio State beat. They had Ohio State beat at home. They're up five with thirty seconds left, less than thirty seconds left. And they lose that game. They went up to Michigan state and pushed that game deep into the second game, deep into the second half. They had NC state beat on the road at (laughs) NC state. You know, they it's, we talk like they're just completely incapable of doing that. They they've had it. They've had their hands around several of these, and maybe that changes the whole tenor of the season. But at the same time, like we said, the record's the record. They found ways to lose those games. They couldn't get them over the line. And that's part of this too. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, we talk about the same thing every week, and, it, and it's, it gets tough to describe it every week, but that's what it is. They, they have to find a way to win, and they have to find a way to win multiple just to, I think, have something good happen, and then you that you give you at least give Trev Alberts something to
0: think about over the next month, month and a half. Rutgers, right. its last three times out, has scored 48, 65, and 60. who they lose to just yesterday? Uh, Maryland on Tuesday, they lost to Maryland. They lost to Maryland, sixty-eight to sixty at home. Oh, so I mean, this is the thing. Like, if you if you if you wanted to look for reasons to think that the next four or five or whatever would get better, I mean, one one, I mean, I don't even want to call it a silver lining necessarily, but like at the start, like yesterday, simple at the start of the game, they looked pretty good. They hit shots. Like you knew they weren't going to shoot seventy-two percent, obviously. But the other part of it was. I was sitting there, I was watching it early. I think I actually texted you that it was like a barn burner early in the game. And one of the things I was curious about was if Nebraska could keep its wind for a whole 40 minutes just because of the number of guys they had out for a few days and he and hadn't played in 10 and all of that. And, and it, it, it looked like they got tired, you know. So I do wonder if, you know, you got a couple of games here to get – to really get Trey McGallans back in a rhythm and playing – you get your win back a little bit after being off for 10 days. I mean, like, it's not impossible. It's not It's not no. impossible. It doesn't seem likely, but no. it's not impossible for them to show up. But the thing about, like, so R- Rutgers is a perfect example, right? Like, that's a winnable game, but you're going to have to be tough to do it. Like, you're going to have to be tough. It's going to sort of be like going to the dentist. You know, like, you're going to have yeah. to stand in and find a way to get a bucket in in a tough circumstance at some point. They just, it's like, at some point, when you wait so long to see a team do that, you just sort of you get to a point where you just don't believe they will. And that's sort of where it's yeah. at. But it could, it could, and they have like they could, they could beat Rutgers. You know, yeah. Again, being last year out of
2: nowhere.
1: Yeah. yeah, we came out of nowhere and just smashed them last year. I mean, in kind of a similar situation. So, right. yeah. I Who knows? Who? Knows? What time is the game, Paz? Uh, the Rutgers game is at 5.30 p.m. on Saturday. Oh. Oh. Did
0: you know <laughs> has that Rutgers game last year? That was the last Big Ten game Nebraska won.
1: Yeah, that's right. Hello,
2: is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. March 1st. Late, yeah, it was late in the year. About the second to last one or the third to last one of the year something like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: two more. They came up 102 to Iowa uh, yeah. three days later. Lost to Northwestern by one at the end of the season. Lost in the Big Ten tournament. So, if you take, they won back to back games last year, Minnesota and Rutgers. Um, but overall, the last two seasons so far, they're three and 26 in the Big Ten play. Three and what? 26. In the Big Ten? Yeah, that includes a tournament loss to Penn State.
2: Yeah, last win was against Rutgers. It, 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 one more thing that illustrates the bottom of the Big Ten is not that bad. I mean, Nebraska is the bottom, but beyond Nebraska, I mean, think about we just Maryland just went to Rutgers and won. We're talking about Rutgers as a pretty tough team, and I believe they are. That I, I mean, that team that beat Nebraska in Piscataway looked really good to me. Now Nebraska played terrible defense that day, made them look good, but they're as you saw, they're big physical team, strong, tough physical team. Identity, yeah. Yeah. Maryland beat West. Maryland beat Illinois by like sixteen a week or two ago. Now, yeah. Kofi was out, had a concussion, but still, 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 you Illinois, eh? you know. Yeah. no, Maryland's not that bad. Yeah, Northwestern's not, not bad. The I think is.
1: Northwestern has nine losses, and I think six of them by single digits, or maybe one possession, something like that. You know, it's again, Minnesota has started like is like eleven and five, or something like that. You know, we're yeah. talking about the bottom of the Big Ten, so yeah, it's it's
2: just hard. It's hard, man. Yeah. Huh. So there you go. Okay, football, football. What's going on, Parker? With quarterback recruiting, quarterback recruiting. I don't know. Well, we don't have to. They're recruiting them. quarterbacks. <laughs> they've got they've got uh, Chuba Purdy on campus.
1: Sip, I don't know yep. if you've heard him. Chuba, yep. Chuba, yeah, so, it's,
0: Chubba? it's interesting. So it's really been, I mean, as we've talked about every week, it's been sort of a mad dash since the end of the season, um, and it's been two months. Um, obviously, they brought in a big transfer class, and for the most part, finished off their twenty-two class. There's a couple things um, sort of left on the to-do list over the next few days. They have another junior day on Saturday. Um, They can have a bunch of guys on campus, including JJ Cole, who's one of the recruits that's sort of in the picture in terms of the the quarterback position for 2023. Um, And Frost. So this morning, Friday morning, um, they were in Wichita, Kansas, to see Avery Johnson, who's maybe the top quarterback on their board for the 23 class uh, its gonna be interesting to see how that shapes up. JJ Cole is going to be on campus for this junior day. Avery Johnson previous commitment uh, is going to a junior day at Arkansas this weekend and then, Arkansas yeah and they're gonna to try to and then Nebraska will get him to campus in March so I think um, you know I think Nebraska would like to get him up to campus this spring where they can um, shower him with attention rather than having it be a junior day that has you know 35 guys or whatever on campus. And then the other thing, to watch um, in, in terms of the current, you know, the, the recruiting class is pretty much put together at this point, um, is the running back, a Jay Allen from Monroe, Louisiana, who visited uh, last weekend, official visit. And then on Tuesday, Frost, Brian Applewhite, and Mickey Joseph were all down in Louisiana to, to see him and put the full court press on. So. Signing days next week on Wednesday. It's funny, the February signing date like almost counts for nothing at this point. Yeah, I was, I was um, like
1: – I had kind of like completely forgotten it was even happening until somebody mentioned it today. Oh, right.
0: Yeah, the second yeah. signing day. So, I guess, like, the ideal finish for Nebraska probably is if they are able to land a Jay Allen who, if you follow recruiting, you may know he was committed to TCU when Brian Applewhite was the running backs coach there. So, now, obviously, Applewhite's in Nebraska – Uh, Nebraska would like to land him be super interesting. I mean, he'd be the third running back of this class uh, along with Emmett Johnson, another high school kid. And then Anthony Grant, the junior college player who's on campus now for the spring semester. So basically like the way this lines up is they have a junior day this weekend. They don't, that we know of, they have no official visitors um, because of Jay Allen is basically the last guy left on their board for this year Signing days on Wednesday, hopefully we're going to hear from Scott Frost and maybe even uh, Brian Applewhite and and Bill Bush, the two newest additions to the staff. We'll see about that. But the thing about Frost is he wasn't – in December, he wasn't able to talk about the transfers. So essentially if we get to talk to him on Wednesday, he could talk about, um, you know, a Jay Allen if they get him plus all of the work they did in the transfer portal. So that's coming up. But otherwise, you know – portal recruiting never really stops. Recruiting won't stop entirely, but the entire month of February is a dead period. So it'll kind of maybe actually slow down a little bit, Um, you know, knock on wood, I guess you might say. Um, But honestly, it should just basically be the last um, three weeks of the winter conditioning program, a few days off, and then spring ball starts February 28th. A month so AJ, today. what's AJ Allen look like to you? What, what's his size? Yeah, he's um, he's not like a Jaques Yant or a Marquis Step, but he's listed at 511 and 190. He's a little bit of a smaller back, but he's he's um, he's like he's got a little bit more of the Wondell Robinson skill set now. He's bigger than Wondell, and he's probably not quite as um prolific in terms of like just the sheer sort of wow factor, make-you-miss ability that, that Wandale had, but he's more like that. Like, he's a little bit more – he's not built exactly like Wandale or Maurice Washington, but he's a little bit more like those guys as a back than he is like uh, Yant. You know, he's a, he's got some pizzazz to his game. He can run. Um, he can make you miss. And he's really, I mean, Rivals considers him a four-star prospect. I, I think 24-7's got him as a three-star. That could be the other way around. Interestingly, on three, which is newer to the scene, um, but is staffed up and is, is trying to, you know, really cover recruiting at a high level nationally, they've got him ranked as as the number 108 player in the country and the number mm. five running back in the country. Really? Um, yeah, so he's a good player. I mean, he's, he's the kind of guy that, you know, you. I think he's the type of guy that they've, they had the connection with Brian Applewhite and they're in the mix for him. And he's just one of those guys that, yeah, they've got two running backs and, yeah, they've got six, um, you know, on scholarship going into the spring. But he's a player that they clearly see as too good to pass up um, if they can get him. I fade
2: in and out of consciousness. Did you say that we will be talking – you think we'll get Applewhite and Bush on Wednesday? Possible. I, I don't. I haven't heard that for sure yet, but I think it's possible. Applewhite, Bush, Frost. Anybody else?
0: I mean, I to talk to the quarterbacks, but
2: yeah, I'd like that to see be, some. I'd like, like to might be some. Greedy.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see some Casey Thompson. Maybe some Keith. If you're listening to this, how about all 16 transfers? Uh, yeah.
2: Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, while you're at it, Trey Palmer would be nice. Uh,
0: Brian sheeney would be good. You want right? to you want to talk to the Boom Sheeni? Yeah,
2: that's my.
1: You're you're encroaching on my territory now. Simple the, the hallway specialist Punt God.
2: How's that?
0: Uh, I'm the oh, hallway yeah. specialist guy. you are the Brian, hallway. Hey, listen. You are the. Hey, listen. If Brian Bashini averages 45 yards net punting next fall, he's going to be a podium. podium. He will not be podium a hallway guy. 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 No, you know he always start week. though. You know where
1: he's going to start, though? He's going to start in the hallway. In the hallway.
2: Yeah, with, Baz. With,
1: with Baz. With Baz. Because Baz knows his
0: role, and his role is in the hallway. <laughs> the hallway of Memorial good. Stadium. He's a good team guy. The first time Pristop was up there, did you look over at, at the at the gaggle and go, who is that? <laughs> no.
2: They announced them. No. <laughs> I wish you could tell the Pristop story. That's wonderful. But we will not do that. We will uh, not do that. <laughs> okay. So that that's a pretty good football rundown bass had the occasion today of talking to will bolt and some nebraska baseball players on the first day of practice first day of practice
1: we are three weeks out from the season opener for nebraska baseball february 18th they play a four-game series down at sam houston state down in huntsville texas uh so yeah we got to talk to coach will bolt today we talked to max anderson uh, freshman of the year in the Big Ten last year, and at least one publication's preseason Big Ten player of the year this year. I believe D1 Baseball has him as the preseason Big Ten player of the year. Also talked to Shea Shanneman, right-handed pitcher out of Grand Island, who was a part of the rotation last year, and is going to be one of those guys kind of fighting for the Friday night starter role this year. And, yeah, look, we just talked about basketball, and it's grim, and you don't see a way out. Baseball's defending Big Ten champs, <laughs> and 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 they look – they look pretty good, you know? So it's, it's a fascinating season, I think, because I think Nebraska is going to be pretty good and they're going to be picked by a lot of places to win the big 10, but boy, they got to replace some important guys. Uh, Spencer Schwellenbach, most notably uh, your, your second round draft pick, Uh, Cade Povich, your third round draft pick, Chance Roach, who is a solid rotation guy for you. Got to replace your entire outfield. Um, you're replacing your four captains from last year. You know guys like Jackson, Hallmark, Mojo, Haggy, Joe Wacker. So there's there's real talent on this roster, but a lot of it's unproven. They didn't play midweek games last year, of course, uh, with the Big Ten only schedule. So a lot of these young guys didn't get to play, and this is going to be their first chance to kind of get thrown into it and fill some pretty big roles. So it was, you know, Will Bolt talked like a guy today that that is coaching a team that won a championship last year, talked about just kind of trying to carry that momentum from last year into this year, how that's important. But at the same time, you've got to wake up every day and say, you know what? It's about winning today. We've got to take care of today and getting better today. And you can tell that message is kind of starting to filter down to his guys. And, And he said, it. he said in the fall, you know, we probably had out of 40 guys on the roster, we probably had 25 guys that understood that you know, the guys that were coming back, plus maybe like five freshmen that kind of understood that that's how you have to do it. It's, it's that grind of every day and showing up every day. And he said now, and now that we're into the spring, it's probably closer to 30, 30 or so. So he said, if we can get that up to 40 by the time the first game gets here, we're going to be all right. I, I think Nebraska likes their talent. I think Nebraska likes their depth. And right now you're not going to maybe duplicate what you had last year, as far as, cohesion and how close that team was and the belief that team had, but you've got some pieces there that in the conference you play in can make you pretty good. And so we'll see what it looks like when the games get here. But I think, I think they kind of like where they're at right now. It's just kind of about these next three weeks, figuring out
2: where pieces are going to fit and kind of going from there. Do you have a good handle or do they have a good, who who is, who do you think the rotation would be right now? I think that's one of the big question marks. And we'll send it in. They're probably looking at seven or eight guys. Right? Okay. Okay.
1: So there's, there's obviously some guys you think of. Shea Shannon um, is going to be um, in that group. You know, I, I think that's kind of the, kind of the main guy. I'm, I'm looking up the, all the pictures right now. I want to make sure I don't forget anybody. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see where a guy like um, Colby Gomez fits into this coming off some injuries. I think he's more of a back of the bullpen guy. You know, where does Cody Frank fit into it? He's kind of a long reliever for them last year. Do you stretch him out? Just Drew Christo, the, the touted freshman, Does how does he fit factor into this? I think he's got the talent to be there. Braxton Bragg. You know, I could, I could go up and down the list. Quinn Mason pitched for him last year. You know, Dawson McCarville and Mason Ornelas were both D1 pitchers last year at, at Grand Canyon and Texas A&M, respectively. Those guys are going to be in the mix. So, there's some options there, and it's going to be interesting because they play that four-game series right out of the gate. So you're going to need four starters right out of the gate uh, against a, a team that'll be pretty good uh, in Sam Houston State. So there's options there. You know, I think I think you look at Max Sanderson, probably pretty entrenched at third. You probably slide okay. Bryce. You probably slide Bryce Matthews from second over to shortstop. Probably your best okay. staff, a really good player. Okay. You probably need a second baseman. Does Cam Chick uh, fit in there? He played some second base last year. Well, good yeah, game.
2: Cam Chick certainly fits in there, doesn't he? Bass? Yeah.
1: Gives you a good gives you a really good bat and is has
2: pretty good glove too. He could he's certainly capable. Got power and then, from the second but ba- He power. got power at second base.
1: Yeah, power, power from the left-hand side, uh at second base. Um question mark at first base. Who do you who do you put there? Question marks all across the outfield. I think that outfield spot, you're gonna see a lot of young guys play. Could be three guys that maybe haven't played any college baseball before, uh starting out, out there. So We'll see what that looks like. Kyle Perry—that's another guy I need to mention as a pitcher, a guy that's pitcher, back. yeah, yeah, a guy that was a bulldog for them last year when he got back from Tommy John. So, yeah, they the the culture—I think they they like where it's at, especially with how it kind of carried them last year. And that's kind of going to be the thing—is is how do those guys this year fit in that culture? Because they're going to have to kind of figure some things out here the next three
0: weeks and probably the first couple of weeks into the season to kind
1: of see where pieces fit
0: when you got a recruiting class like the the one they have coming in obviously there's a lot of talk about Cristo and some of those guys and I know you know Chase Mason left and all that but like how does that how does that group fit in like is it an opportunity for maybe more of them to make a big impact because there's so many question marks or do you just sort of temper expectations on young guys
1: it's interesting because I think the the class that came in before this one they basically had a red shirt year right right? without the midweek games so they've they've been in it and now that's not to say a guy like like drew chris is not going to get to play he's just got so much talent you know and even a guy like cj hood from out of norris same same type of deal but it's just it's it's hard to it's just hard to kind of place it right now i think because you had such a big class last year that didn't get to play and didn't get an opportunity and maybe has a little bit of a head start you know, as far as like I t- like I said, just understanding what the coaches want out of them every day, understanding what we need to do. So that's one of the questions you have, you have to get answered if you're Will Bolton's staff. There's, look, there's big time talent in this class. There's no question about that. There's pretty good talent in that last class too, um, and they just didn't get on the field because of the way the roster set up, the way the schedule broke as well. So, yeah, hmm. I think you'll see some of those guys maybe early. I think you'll see a lot of those guys in some of those early midweeks as they're kind of trying to sort things out and shake things out. But they've just got – right now they've got a lot of guys that they need to see, basically. You got you kind of know what you have and the guys that you have back, but you don't have a ton of guys back. So there's going to be, I think, a lot of auditioning, certainly in practice and scrimmages and stuff, and maybe even those first couple series of the year to kind of see where some of those young guys fit in. But, yeah, they, some of those guys are going to have a real
2: shot just, just based on what Nebraska needs right now. Three weeks away is the, the a four-game series against Sam Houston State. It's the yeah, the schedule's interesting. They go they play
1: four at Sam Houston State. Then they cut they go back down to Arlington the next week and play three against TCU, who's preseason top 20 team, pretty consensus. Ooh. Uh playing them in the Rangers ballpark, Globe Life Park, Brand New Park. And then Been they there. go right back to Arlington the week after that and play Northwestern State and UT Arlington. And then you're into your and then you're into your um midweek games Kansas State and then you get the home opener against Long Beach State on March 11th Long Beach State coming to Nebraska on March 11th to play a little baseball we'll see how the California just like you draw it up yeah those guys are going to be loving that when it's about 42 degrees on that Friday afternoon so yeah it's I I, it's an interesting schedule because they've got some Sam Houston State's good that's probably a top 50 program nationally TCU we know is good you know, there's there's not a whole lot of real gimmies on this schedule. So yeah, gonna be really interesting to watch it play out. We know they've got some really talented guys back. We know they've got some talented young guys waiting in the wings, and now it's just about kind of figuring out how it all fits together. So interesting time for baseball. Hey Baz, can I ask
0: you one more question about baseball?
1: Please do. Yes. I
0: like simple, I sort of drift in and out of consciousness. Um, and I had to I had to beg off there for a minute to keep from i just let out some laughs about the prist up story that hopefully we can tell at some point um but what is it what's Nebraska gonna do at catcher like is that is the young guy like is he can he can he win the job or is it griffin everett like how does that shake out
1: griffin Everett's the guy there right now um and and he was he got a lot better as the year went on um if a lot of our listeners probably remember he had the real big hit against arkansas last year had the go-ahead RBIs against Arkansas last year in that regional game to send it to the regional final and we talked to him in the fall and dude's a senior this year you know been around it a while stepped in last year right away and was really really good behind the dish swung a good enough bat you know I think he's going to show a little more power this year but I, re- I think they really like Griffin Everett I think when they named captains this year Griffin Everett's going to be one of those guys I think they really like him now you need you need another one to because you know a catcher is such a hard position so what does that look like does that mean you know like uh, a drew wessel out of omaha uh, out of millard south excuse me does he kind of fit into this redshirt freshman you know you've got a you've got a juco guy and nick wimmers coming in who who played juco ball you know you've got a you got a true freshman and josh karen who was a stud athlete up in wisconsin went to sun prairie and was a multi-sport guy played football of course you know but, and that's uh, that's another guy you can look at. So they've got some options there. But yeah, uh, Griffin Effort's a guy right now, and then behind him, it's a lot. It's three guys that have played probably exactly zero innings of Division One baseball at the Power Conference level. So
2: we'll see how that kind of shakes out. Good job, Bass. That's a really good rundown. I'm gonna have to listen to it again. I um, there's gonna be a lot of new faces, is what I'm hearing. Yeah,
1: uh, 15 new guys basically um, is what it is. And, again, it's how those guys kind of fit in, you know, culture-wise, bringing it every day-wise. We know kind of who the stars are, of course, when we talk about those guys, Max Anderson and Bryce Matthews and, and guys like that, but Griffin Everett. But it's going to be, you know, where does, you know, the the Max Petersons, the Jack Styles, you know, guys like that, where they kind of fit into so this. There, there's a, a lot good of through, yeah, thing. Yeah,
2: so right we'll good throw story. Yeah.
1: Uh, it'll be throw There'll be a lot of stuff coming on baseball over the next – several days like we got a lot of stuff today so we'll we'll dive okay thorough. it'll be thorough enough all right super there's a, long there's a roster online you can go look at steve i don't know if you knew that but if you go to <laughs> huskers.com and go to the baseball page they have a
2: roster there i would like some look. expertise attached to the roster um <laughs> and so. and and i wonder i don't know this is the kind of stuff i call this the sort of question my mom might ask no disrespect to my mom. She's just not a sports fan. I mean, it's like, will have, is there this sort of inherent, like, Oh God, I hope the baseball team can do something because a men's sport needs to do something. You know, one of the top men's sports needs to do something.
1: I'm glad you say that sip, because I don't think he feels on, I don't think that's how will operates and, oh, and you know, you know, will. Um, and the thing I always remember about will is the quote he had last year uh, after they beat Arkansas, where he said you got to have that dog in you and you got to be ready to, to come to the fight I, and that will's Jeez. not worried about what the what the basketball team's record is or what the football team's doing now the, do they pay attention to that stuff of course but it's not like they're sitting there when he's talking to Lance Harbell and Jeff Christie it's not like he's going god guys we better we better go win 35 or 40 games this year like they don't they don't operate like that they just don't because that's not how will Bolt operates and i think that's what gives this team an advantage is they they've taken on the identity of their coach. And and sip you know it as a player and and you've seen it. Well, Bolt's a badass, and he's a tough dude, and he doesn't take any crap, you know. And that's kind of how he built this team last year. That's what they're trying to get to this year. It might take a little longer this year than it took last year, but I think they think they have the pieces to get there eventually. It's
2: just a matter of how long it's gonna take them to kind of get to that level. Good job, Bass. Good reminder of that quote. What did he say? He said. You I need to find it because it yeah, it's you. If he basically
1: it was after they beat Arkansas in game six of the regional in, in front of 11,000. he said it was a great quote. And he said, You got to have that dogging. You. you gotta you gotta be with that guy that says when it's you gotta be ready for the throwdown. That's what it was. You gotta That's be all about the was. throwdown. And all about the that throwdown. dog, you gotta be all about the throwdown. And like where I'm sitting in the press box, like ripping my shirt off as he's saying this, like, let's go, Will. <laughs> But, I mean, that's what it is, right? Like, yeah. you're not going to – are you going to hear – and I don't I don't mean to knock on Fred, but are you going to hear Fred Hoiberg say that at a press conference? you got to be ready for it. It would be, <to laughs> be really weird if Fred in. said that, yeah. You know what, really, I get it. Different personalities, different Different size, personalities. Different I get – yes, yes, yes. But, I mean, that kind of illustrates the difference, I think, a little bit in the programs. And, and I'm not saying there's a right way to do it or a wrong way to do it or whatever, but that just – that's – the baseball team has taken on Will Bolt's persona. And that's not a bad place to start concerning the kind of guy Will is and the kind of competitor he is. So,
2: yeah. So, yeah, baseball is so. a little bit more about the throwdown than basketball, but that's interesting. That's an interesting, yeah, it's very interesting. All right, guys. When it's Grim,
0: be the Grim Reaper.
2: That's right. quit calling me the Grim Reaper? Well, would you rather the Grim Reaper came after you or would you rather be the Grim Reaper? Okay, okay. All right. Yeah, you turn that on me. You turn that on me effectively. Thank you. Turn it around like a little 84-mile-an-hour fastball right over the middle of the plate. 84.
1: (laughs) On that note, speaking of Grim, we're going to end this podcast now while we're ahead. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. All right.